Network. Okay, dear buddy, thank you very much. And today, just before we went on the air, we were conducting a search. This is our waltz for the skinniest man in the audience. And our close friend, Mr. J.J. Kinney, manager of the uh, Bengler Brothers Circus, asked us to keep an eye open for a man who might possibly be interested in being shot from a bow uh, three times daily, uh, four times on Saturday. We found a man, but we also found a story. So for the time being, Mr. J.J. Kinney will just have to wait. That's right. And, uh, Kinney, if you're listening, I caught the matinee, and I'm sorry you decided to insulate the high wire. I kind of miss seeing all those people dropping into the nest when you plug the wire in. Ray, I think uh, Kinney's choking up and going soft because of the authorities and all they can do. Incidentally, did you know that Kinney was the first man to use a ringmaster without a mustache? No, I didn't. Did it work out? I'm afraid not. See, without the mustache, the ringmaster had uh, no authority at all, and he used to whip the clowns for laughing at him. Yeah. Well, look, I hate to interrupt, but I think we've been keeping our guest waiting uh, too long here. Sir, would you tell us your name, please? Merle M. Garland. Uh, Merle, uh, would you tell our audience why you are so skinny? Well, I'm skinny because I lost my food dining club credit card, and I'm not eating too well because of the mishap, that's why. Well, sir, I don't mean to become maudlin. I don't want to offend you, but if you haven't been eating regularly, perhaps we... Oh, uh, well, thank you kindly, Mr. Elliott, for the offer you were about to make. But I've got plenty of cash money. It's just that the restaurants here won't accept cash, only credit cards. Money is too much of a bother, I was told. I know. Well, how did you lose your food dining club credit card, Mr. Garland? Well, actually, I was held up and my wallet was uh, taken from me. That's too bad. Well, I was hoping the crook would overlook the credit cards in the wallet and just take the $14,000 I had in it. But no luck. He took the cards and left me the money. Well, uh, Mr. Garland, when you say cards, uh, did you have more than one credit card? I had dozens, Mr. Elliott. The only one I've got left now is my air transport credit card. Uh, I took the precaution of painting it so it would look like a hundred dollar bill and the crook overlooked it. Well, we're certainly sorry about all this and uh, can I ask you how you're managing to stay alive without a food credit card? Well, I used my air transport credit club card. I had to fly to Copenhagen last week so I could get served a meal on the plane. So what were you served, Mr. Garland? Beef and noodles. Mm-hmm. But that was last month, and I'm hungry again, so sure. I made a reservation on a plane for a night. It's going to Australia, so I'll be served two meals. Yeah. Australia's pretty far. Oh, I'm certain it is, but uh, if you can't hold out until then, I know of a local airline that uh, flies from Larchmont to Scarsdale. It's a two-minute trip, and you get served an orange section. Really no, I think I'll wait for the whole meal this morning. Well, suit yourself. Now, do you want to describe your food dining club credit card to our listeners in the event it turns up somewhere? Uh, yeah. Well, it's two and a half by three. It's uh, blue and yellow, and there's a picture of two halves of a hamburger bun, slightly separated. Space there is where my name goes, Merlin Garland, between the hamburger bun. Uh-huh. And the card is torn around the edges. This was an old card, huh? No. You see, after I'd finish a meal at a restaurant, I'd rip off a piece of the card and give it to the waiter as a tip. You know how it is with waiters. Yes, I do. I've been embarrassed a number of times when all I had to leave the waiter for a tip was money myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope I get my card. Hope back. so, too, Mr. Garland. Meanwhile, air travel is a great broadener, and you'll learn a great deal. 
While all this may seem a nasty experience to you at the moment, you should be quite smart when you get squared away. And thanks for being with us, Skinny. Well, before I go back and sit down, uh, what about your whale? Have you found him? Just going to come to that. Uh, Friday. Oh, if they're good to eat. Uh, well, this one wouldn't be too good. No. Friday, we had uh, a mysterious phone call, if you remember. From someone who sounded a great like a great deal like uh Flaherty, the detective who was uh, in our employ looking for Dave. Well, uh to make a long story brief, uh it was Flaherty and he tried to get all sure, and he tried to get all that chlorophyll from us and all. So Flaherty is not in our employ anymore. But uh we've gone ahead and hired Cato, who's now gone into business for himself. He has his own limousine, right? Oh, oh, right, right. Well, Cato, uh, tell me, uh, what's your approach going to be? Well, uh, well, first I want to uh, get a new high-powered uh, black limousine, mm -hmm. uh, so I get uh, from price to price quicker. Right. <laughs> kind of so those uh, tracking down our crews uh, take a good deal of time. Well, uh, something like a. The gypsy on the freight train. Right. Can't get off to old train stop. Well, that seems rather yes, senseless to me. That sounds like one of those uh, Charlie Chan things that don't mean too much. What if it's like a gypsy on what? Is on a freight train. Can't wait. Can't get off till train, train stops. stops. Or oh, hurt self. Mighty bad. Well, I'll, I'll think. I'll think on that. Yeah, I'll make a message <clears> there yeah. somewhere. Well, I don't want it. Say, uh, speaking of uh, Flaherty and Cato and Smelly Dave, our missing whale, Arthur Frank today is out at KMOX in St. Louis, the voice of St. Louis. This is the day they're moving? That's right. And uh, you know that uh, KMOX is moving into a building. This is something. The first radio-only building constructed for CBS in 20 years. What do you know about that? Good. We've really been putting the money in the bank, I guess. <laughs> Well, anyway, let's go out there anyway and uh, see just what uh, KMOX and Arthur Schrank turn up in the way of a uh, special celebration for Dave. Come in, Arthur Schrank. Hi, everybody. This is Arthur Schrank. It's moving day here at KMOX. And uh, the manager of Scott Island just won't give me any time. The $100 bill that I was displaying up in Duluth, I had to spend half of it. So now I'm uh, trying to uh, display five $10 bills. I'm holding them here, uh, fan-like. The, uh, uh, the next voice you hear will be Mr. Highland. Hello, Shrank. Uh, sir. Sorry, I'm late. I, I wanted uh, you... Take that desk over that way, man. I wanted to ask you, sir, uh, what you think of this promotion? Five ten dollar bills. Yeah, I think this is probably the cheapest stuff you'll hold on yet. Holding half of five ten dollar bills. I don't know what it's supposed to denote, yeah. but it doesn't have much connection with anything that that we're doing here. Yeah. We're moving. You're moving. Well, congratulations from my desk, there, man. Well, Bob and Ray, I don't know. It seems pretty hopeless, I guess, but it is moving day, and it's a beautiful right. new, beautiful new building that came out Come on, Shrek, get out of here. We, we've got things to do. Now, back to Bob and Ray. We're back to Bob and Ray here in New York, and our thanks to Arthur Shrek for his normally uh, good coverage of 
And uh, congratulations to Tyler, too, to uh, KMOX. We wish them many, many years in their new home there. Just a minute now, a reminder about a highly unusual book club. Well, I'll tell you, what's most unusual about it is that uh, you pack up your books, you mail them off, and you never see them again. Well, actually, this is our government's Books from America program designed to help readers throughout the free world get better acquainted with America and Americans. And combat communist propaganda. Take a look at your bookshelves. If you've got any American literary classics, modern histories, or geographies, send them to Books from America, Box 1960, Washington 13, D.C. Uh, you can send your checkbook, too, if you'd like. Well, no, that's not necessary, but we'll repeat the address. Books from America, Box 1960, Washington 13, D.C. Okay. It's ever been at Grand Motel. It's so bad, I, I don't want you to see the books I keep on business. I want to protect you from the bad news. Dad, I... I know, I know, Naomi. You're going to ask me to let you see the books. Well, I won't do it because... Dad, I keep the books. I make all the entries. Uh, I'm sorry, Naomi. I wish I'd known. Naomi, what's the trouble? Grand Motel has seven spick and span cabins. Why can't we fill them? Dad, it's the service. The service is real good here. Switchboard is open for at least an hour a day. New shoeshine rags in each room every day. Dad, it's the continental breakfast. Oh. People want to know that the breakfast is available. They'd also like to feel they can have it whenever they want. Naomi, I'm an old man. I've seen a lot. Know quite a bit, too. One of the things I know is this. Folks should eat breakfast between the hours of six and nine in the morning. But, Dad, you have to be flexible in this modern day and age. You have to move with the times. I think you should serve the continental breakfast whenever people ask for it. Do it for me, Dad. Well, seeing as you're my daughter... Dad, a bus just pulled up. Go out and see what they want. And don't forget what I told you. Okay, Naomi. Dinner, fresh carnation in my lapel, will you?
one ten thirty. One eight. I want the continental breakfast now. Yeah. Well, ma'am, just as soon as I check you all in. I want it now. You said we could have it any time we wanted. I know, ma'am, but you can see the pastures. I think we should all stick together on this. This guy reneged on one promise, he's liable to do it again. Now, the axle on this bus is broken, but I'm all for pushing the bus 70 miles to the next town. What do you say, Patrick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but listen. All right. All right, put your backs to it. Let's go. Oh, little Naomi hears about this. And so a few more people are lost with the lights of Leonard Humphrey's establishment. Be with us again soon as Leonard Humphrey, with an assist from his daughter Naomi, tries to hold the economic fort at Grand Hotel. Do you want any more of that uh, chicken noodle soup? No, thanks. Again before the show? No, thank you. I can't see that. Would you roll that sign up again, please? What did that say? Wait, oh, oh, fine. Come right over. Bob is now walking over to the studio window. Probably to tell us that uh, we've been cut off ten minutes ago. Oh, oh, oh. he said uh, a few pictures of Dave left. And to tell everybody if they want one, they can still get one. You mean Smelly Dave, the great huge dead whale has been whaling after for how long now? A good two weeks or more, I guess. I want to thank the nice letter we got from the fellows up at that uh, college up in New York State. All up in Anakin, yes. Right. Yes. And uh, we hope that they'll, uh, they'll be on the lookout for him. And I guess that would just about wrap it up for today, Bob. All right. That's your right. special for tomorrow, Perry. Uh, we don't have any specials. Oh, That's right. Keep forgetting. Uh, until tomorrow, this is Ray Goulding reminding you to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb.